so much for joining me tonight on another episode and as always i'm grateful for your support thank you guys so much for all the shares i so appreciate that Uh, i always say this but it's okay for me to repeat that i don't have any access to or i don't really engage in any social media so all the shares that's been happening all around the world is really from you guys so thank you guys so much i can't thank you enough and i know that People are going through a lot of stuff today. The quarantine is really causing a heightened level of fear and anxiety in in some, and also a a lot of inspiration in others. But because of do what I do, I usually deal with the population that is heightened anxiety, heightened fears, and I get immersed in that all day long. And in a lot of ways, it is my job, uh, but also something that I feel very passionate about is getting people to look at the world with options and be able to live a consciously aware life because a lot of us are on autopilot. We just do stuff every day. We think stuff every day and we never really challenge it. We never really look at like, where the hell did that thought come from? If it's bothering me, why do I keep doing it? The thing is, our thoughts are choices. And when we don't recognize that our thoughts are choices, then we live in what what I'd like to say in the subconscious world, in a sleep state is how some people call it. It is not my original thought, okay? So it is actually known as a sleep state. We're living kind of on autopilot every day. We inherited these thoughts, words, even feelings that are familiar, and we just rehearse them every day. We don't challenge them. We just think, this is a reality that I was given. I have a lot of memories in it. I'm just going to want to freaking keep it. I would even say that people are quite strong manifestors because they will create disappointments and fears and and the worst case scenarios while sitting in their home. Nothing's happening around them. They have food in their fridge, clean home, water, all their needs being met, yet they are living in anxiety on the inside. This is fascinating because they're not looking around them. They're not even acknowledging that reality, which is reality. They're living in a different one that they've created on the inside. And that's what disorders are, my friend. It's not a chemical imbalance, as many people believe it to be. We can't check to see if it's a chemical imbalance. We're guessing it's a chemical imbalance. So we don't really look at your brain and inside of it and say, okay, these receptors are low or high or we need to balance that shit out. We don't do that. We are just guessing most of the time. I mean, educated guess, sure. But it's still, we don't know. We don't really know. So that's why there's a variation of different medications to provide different mucking around with receptors cool if you're into that that's your business but that's not what i'm into i'm into the sure thing the thing that will always win if i place a bet on and that would be people's mind their ability to choose their ability to think and feel and take responsibility for their thoughts and feelings they can do it people can change you don't have to live in the reality that you inherited on the inside you can recreate whatever world you want on the inside but It requires you going to the unknown, as I always say. So that is what today is about. It's about going into the unknown or going into the radically rule-breaking on the inside that nobody gets to see, but you get to experience the benefits of. (laughs) 
So what I mean by that is that we do have a specific word that I think everybody lives out today in a different way. But I'm finding that the way people live out this specific word, it causes them to suffer a lot more. So if we got rid of this word, and I'm, I'm not that extreme, but I'm willing to get rid of this word. As a matter of fact, I, I'm wanting everybody to get rid of this word because they're kind of misusing it, which is the word mistake. Now, mistake, the word mistake as in an error in judgment or an error in action, miscalculated action, that's the typical word definition that we have. But in order for me to take you to where I need you to go here and really expand that view, we got to start with the word and its etymology. It really comes from late Middle English, and its uh, origin is Old French or Old Norse. And the Old Norse word originates from is mistaka, which translated means take an error or miscarry. If we also to think of the equivalent to today's word of mistake, we think of miss and take. So the mistake, put them together, mistake, take an error. The word in itself suggests that it's kind of has this light-hearted origin. It just kind of meant to give the impression that a mistake is something that you really didn't know you were doing. It is something that was just a miscalculated judgment. If I didn't know enough about something or wasn't aware of something, I am more likely to make a mistake. Uh, but the mistake itself is, again, an error that is just miscalculated. I didn't have enough information. I didn't have sufficient information or skills to complete this task or to make that judgment. I hope that makes sense. Just really looking at the origin of the word is light. It's gentle. It's there to describe something that every human does. But I think now it's morphed into something else. Uh, if we look at what we've, we've done with this word ever since its inception, <laughs> We, we find that we have really gone above and beyond what that word is meant to do. Now, the reason why I am focusing on the word mistake is because we do have obvious needs for it. The obvious needs that we have would be to define one's responsibility in action or judgment. So using that word in communication allows us to say, you know what, this was a mistake. I take responsibility for it or allows us to point out that another person may have mistaken something. It is supposed to be done gently, kindly. Again, it is taken in error. It's mistake. It is not really intentional in any way. Also, other reasons we might want to keep that word if there's, you know, I want to make sure that you understand that word in itself has a purpose. It also is there to communicate verbally. We want to communicate with another person. Not only are we just taking responsibility for ourselves on the inside, but we want to verbalize mistake. The word mistake, we can use it in communication verbally so we can let another person know, okay, this was a mistake. Uh, this was something that was taken in error. Makes sense. Pretty obvious enough. Now, also, it is for the purpose of correcting maybe past mistakes, correcting them for future use. For example, Last time I baked this apple cake, it required sugar to be sprinkled on top of the cake when it's done, and I put salt instead. And now this was not an intentional thing, it was just an error in judgment. I thought the salt was sugar, and I just picked up a bunch and I put it on there. So for future reference, I will go ahead and label the 
jar of sugar with sugar and then label the jar of salt with, so with salt. It makes sense to correct that for future use, right? I mean, when we look at mistakes, it's a lighthearted thing. It, it doesn't sound, again, I want to make sure that it, when I'm conveying it to you, it's not sounding like it's uh, a crime being committed. <laughs> it's not going to sound like that. When we don't want to use it for that. Now, just like I showed you what we want to use it for, I want to show you what mistake is probably not good to be used for. And the best way to show you this and get you a clear vision of what I mean by that is by the quotes we often use every day. And we hear other people say, we might even hear them in movies. We might hear them or see them quoted online, whatever. They're going to be there. We've invited them into our world. And sometimes we say them now as a way to rehearse this nonsense reality, but it's just misused word or misused application of the word mistake. For example, this one mistake changed my life is a quote that I often hear. This one mistake changed my whole life. Oh goodness. This is, this is rough. This is rough because it doesn't allow really an in-depth look at understanding cause and effect. It's not looking at the details in a proper way. It kind of just stays with the guilting and shaming. Now we're using the word for guilting and shaming. This one mistake you are not allowed to make. Oh goodness. It, it just, it's not, it's a misuse of that word. I hope you can recognize we just jumped from its origin all the way to morphed land. I don't know where the heck we're at here at the Disneyland haunted house. That's where we're all at because <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Just Twilight Zone. The next quote that we often hear is going to really kind of go with the first one. But again, it's just pure abuse of that word. The quote is, you made the biggest mistake. You made the biggest mistake. The biggest, like as in like now we've added levels to mistakes. It just can't be just, it's a mistake. All right. It's a mistake. Oh no, dear God. There are levels now. We've added rules upon rules onto things that didn't have rules to begin with. It was just a word, people, just a word. Why are we making that word into something dirty? Why? Why? <laughs> okay. I hope you're following me so far with these nasty quotes that we really just sit there and reinforce the word mistake in just the wrong way, if there's such a thing or a nasty way for that matter. The one thing that I want to mention here is that Again, notice that these things are rigid in the way they sound. They're not flexible. But when I explained to you what mistakes sounds like it originally, it was a flexible idea. It was a forgiving idea. This, what I'm about to tell you, is not flexible in any way. All right. So the next quote that often gets reinforced is all my mistakes. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, let's just do that one. All my mistakes follow me. Oh, they're like little beasts, little trolls, little gremlins that follow you at night. And they climb on you and they want to eat you alive. The thing is, the mistakes are not to be checked for under the bed or in the closet. They're not a boogeyman. That's not what they're meant for. I want us to know that's a rigid idea. All my mistakes are not following me. I am making them like I was supposed to make them. I'm resisting the idea that I actually made a mistake, which is, of course, going to be rigid in thought, rigid in decision making. You're turning this flexible idea of mistake into this non-forgiving, filthy, thorny mistake. <laughs> that just keeps following me. The gremlin. <laughs> oh, 
God, I hope you are feeling what I'm feeling, which is just, it's like, it's, it's a thorny <laughs> mess. All right. The next quote that reinforces this nonsense would be, you can't take back any mistake. Again, we're looking at mistakes, all sorts of nasty. I mean, it's like, we can't take it back. It's a mis- Of course you can't take it back. A mistake is not meant to be rehearsed and shoved in your face and used to shame you and guilt you. So it is being used for the wrong reasons. If you keep going back and looking at it as something you can't take back, my dear friends, mistakes are nothing but lessons. They're lessons. We just happen to have a name or a a word to describe them, which is called mistake. But really, it, it, it can be redefined as lessons. I like to know that at one point, it was not the end of the world that I put salt on top of the cake. I'll just have to throw that cake away, give it to the birds or something. They'll eat it. Uh, instead of holding and shaming myself for like, I have done the worst apple cake, darn it. I deserve death. Guillotine. <laughs> we don't want to do any of that. We, do, we don't want to go that far, people. We don't want to go that far. Okay. Another uh, just wise quote <laughs> is, okay, here we go. That implies the, the word mistakes is sometimes good people make bad decisions or bad choices. Oh, Oh, I'm just, oh, what a blessing. (laughs) Sometimes good people, right? Like there's such a thing as all good people or such a thing as all bad people. Uh, Sometimes good people make bad choices. Oh, this is just inflexible in the whole statement. How about not all people are all good or all bad? How about people are just people? They're human. They're human and they have to learn. I got to touch the fire to realize, oh my God, that thing is hot. Yeah, it hurts. I won't do it again. And so when I hear somebody say, hey, fire, I'm going to be looking up like, oh, I should not touch that. I should run the other direction. Something. So that's how we learn. Our human self wants to learn from these errors. That's what they're there for. But we take it to an extra step by saying that I just made a bad choice. Again, there's all guilt and shaming sounding in that quote, in that often rehearsed quote. Sometimes good people make bad choices. Uh, how about sometimes people just make choices and based on the information that they actually know and gathered and what was revealed to them and those decisions are what they, what they appeared. Now who's out there scoring them and calling these mistakes and unforgivable mistakes? What the f? Oh, it's just, it's hell on earth. Again, the origin of that word is much lighter, friends. Wasn't it? Much lighter. What the hell are we doing with words? We're, p- putting barricades and obstacle courses and it's just nasty nasty it's just a word people okay now recapping well i don't need to recap i think you're you're aware that we went through what the word really was meant to do if we were to keep it and what it doesn't need to do we talked about both so you're aware now of what the word mistake really means to us in our society in your world maybe you can add modify whatever you like to do it's your business all right now the things that now we want to understand about mistakes the wisdom that we want to get from this to change our perceptions to make mistakes and understand them in a way where if i don't need to use the word mistake then even better as a matter of fact that is my first recommendation stop using the word mistake because now it has so many negative connotations i really don't give a fuck if you ever use it i won't even uh police you i won't hand out tickets i won't call the cops on you or the covid police none of this is going to happen if you don't use the word mistake 
Now, I know some people will jump into drastic moves here and and think, well, Tala, what do you mean? People do make mistakes. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm looking at mistakes in the lighter way. You get me? But often we've already had this idea of mistakes established. We even have parents telling their kids, well, you made a mistake. Well, you, you know better. Well, dude, if I knew better, would I be making a mistake? <laughs> like it's, you know better. Maybe I was not fully developed in certain areas. Mom, dad, uh, maybe it was just a mistake. Honest to God, mistake. But oh no. Now we've turned again the word mistake based on, I think, conditioning. I think that that is contributing to this idea of mistake. It's like nasty. It's guilt and shame driven. So Tala, what are you proposing here? Uh, If people are making mistakes still, but we're not calling them mistakes, then what the hell are we going to call them? Now there is an idea. You'd have to come up with other things to call them instead of a mistake. Now, mind you, that will be the best strategy. You probably, I mean, it's, you're going to enjoy this strategy because it expands your ability to problem solve. It will move you past shaming and guilting yourself real quick, how you're not supposed to be doing something and you just did it. You made a mistake. It's going to move you past that little stuck point. We want to get you to the other side and you'll become more resourceful. So it sounds something like this. Uh, Let's say I was sent an email about a deadline that I need to meet when it, when it comes to my paperwork. And I just didn't look into my computer that day to check to see when the deadline is or if there's anything, any new information that I need to be aware of. I got busy with work, stuff happened, everything else was more important than the emails. Fair enough. Okay. Now I get pulled in by the boss and t- and the boss tells me, well, Tala, I did send you an email on that day. Well, I would tell her, boss lady, you are right. You did send me an email. I did not check it. It was an error. It was an error in judgment. Absolutely. I had other things to prioritize. I can explain to this boss lady that, hey, there were things that came came up that made the email less important, but I will make sure to prioritize that throughout my day. I can make those changes. I can check more throughout the day. I can uh, maybe designate one time, put an alarm to remember to just check it. Cool. I can I can make those adjustments. So the first thing I did there was take responsibility for what the boss lady said. I didn't make justifications for it. I admitted it was my mistake. Absolutely my mistake. Uh, it can be corrected in the future. I let her know it can be corrected and I let her know how I would correct it further than just, oh my God, it's a mistake. And I just got stuck there because I didn't know what else to do. You see what I'm saying? Again, I took responsibility for it. I I don't even have to, technically, you don't even have to say it's a mistake. I took, I take responsibility. I did it. I did it. Definitely did it. Did not uh, know this was going to happen. I could not predict that there was a deadline to be, you know, sent, but it's part of my job to check email. My consistency in it, I know is not priority. So, hey, it's good to bring it up to do it at least one day, one time before the day is over or maybe early in the morning to check to see, you know, the email when I, when I can to start off the day that way. Whatever. The idea is I'm going to make the adjustment, adjustment. So I'm going to be very, I'm going to be problem solving right away in describing the error. I'm going to describe it and I'm going to even find a way to solve it. It's easier to describe it first to find a way to solve it. Now, if I just use the word mistake, somehow that thought process gets us stuck. We don't go further beyond that. It's just like, I made a mistake. 
fuck, what is this person going to say about me? What is this person going to think? Blah, blah, blah. I made a mistake. I'm a dumbass. Or whatever people say, right? Variations of that nonsense. But all in which just keeps you emotionally stuck. It doesn't make you resourceful, adaptive, flexible, movable. It just keeps you stuck. So this is really the purpose of today is to unstuck you when it comes to the idea of taking responsibility. It helps us to take responsibility absolutely for any errors in judgment because we want to use every error in judgment as a lesson. And we need to start calling them lessons. We don't want to call them just mistakes. I mean, stay away from that word, especially if you have some negative feelings towards it. We want to soften the resistance towards that word. And we can start by calling it lessons. You know, I'm going to correct that word and say, you know what? There are lessons. Thank you. They're not mistakes. They're freaking lessons. And I like to learn lessons today. It makes it easier for me to learn because I just get better and better, more proficient at what I do. And I become even more responsible looking at my email. Thank you, boss lady, for helping pointing that out in me that I needed to do it. Sure. Which makes, of course, my work more effective. <clears throat> Respect, really. It's all about respecting your journey. Talking about your lessons with respect is pretty important for your self-esteem, as well as when people hear you take ownership of what was not done or maybe what was done in error. It was mistake. It was a, it was taken in error. It was miscarried, people. It was just, it's a gentle, non-resistant word, but we've just now have built so much resistance to that word. We have to soften it. And so start calling mistakes lessons. That's what I'm going to start celebrating that freaking word. I don't care what you do, but that word needs to be softened. We need to, we don't need to resist mistakes. We need to start inviting them to hell in because we're doing them all day long. But busy, people get busy stuck and stuck on the idea that you shouldn't be making them. They shouldn't know better. No, no, no that, that you shouldn't. Uh, if you didn't know, you didn't know. If you didn't have certain skills, you didn't have them. Especially when you are repeating certain mistakes over and over again, certain lessons over and over again. I'm going to give you a good example. Let's say I am in a toxic relationship and I keep going out with toxic guys and I have toxic relationships with them. I have to at one point consider that it's not them. I'm the common denominator with all of them. I keep inviting them into my life. There's something uh, There's something in me that is allowing them into my life and that is the lesson that I need to look at. I need to look at this mistake that I keep performing over and over again, not justifying and excusing it, not making it about these guys. It's not these guys. It's me. It is my error in judgment, my miscalculation. There's something about me that I'm not aware of yet that keeps choosing these guys. I know that they're toxic and I choose them, right? Let's say that's the case. I know that they're toxic and I'm choosing them. So why am I keep making the same mistake? Well, because there's something that you need to resolve on the inside. There's something you need to look at with honesty. Identify within you so this way you can heal it. But we can't identify it with shame and guilt. We have to identify by saying, you know what? I find toxic guys, whatever the hard pill we have to swallow, we got to swallow it. Whether it's, I like, I'm attracted to these guys, maybe because I grew up in an abusive home. I think love needs to be the hard way. I need to uh, have love be shown to me this way where somebody is just controlling me. And I have to learn to be comfortable with people that are emotionally independent and don't need to control anybody. Uh, so... I got to kind of take a look within me. And a lot of us refuse that 
exploration. It takes a lot of courage to do that, friends. So that's why the word mistake, although we think it means nothing when we say, I made a mistake, it's now morphed into some nasty mess. Mistakes are not are nothing more than, nothing less than, lessons to be learned. I don't want you to reject any lesson. I don't want you to resist any mistake. They are all to be invited into your life. We need to look at them. As a matter of fact, most inventions would be considered mistakes. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you about a few of them right now. So you'd know. We live in a whole bunch of mistakes that people made, and we use it every day. It even saves our lives sometimes. Let me tell you about some of those mistakes that people make. For example, the first practical heart pace maker is actually a mistake. A microwave oven is a mistake. Discovering radioactivity was actually a mistake that we use today, right? Uh, penicillin, <laughs> mistake. Inkjet printer, mistake. X-ray images, mistake. Artificial sweetener, specifically sweet and low, was a mistake, friends. Post-it notes, side note, mistake. Potato chips, yep, you guessed it. Coca-Cola, Velcro, Viagra, good thing to know, was a mistake in invention. We actually did not, we did not uh, do that one on purpose. You would also be surprised to find that insulin, friends, was a mistake as well. It was an accident. Teflon was also an accident. Superglue and Vaseline. And those are only a few, but if you look up some more, geez, we live in a world of mistakes and we want to celebrate them. Hell, they change our lives. They make us better. They help us help each other, which is wonderful. How many children, how many humans have been saved because of penicillin and insulin? And those are mistakes. So when you sit there and you freaking worry about your mistakes, do me a favor, make them a great freaking accident to learn from. Just make them beautiful. All right? Make the best out of them. That is a decision that you decide to make right after you make a mistake. So choose wisely. Start freaking making mistakes and learning from them on purpose, damn it. <laughs> I think you'll live a better quality of life. And I think we would all use your mistakes beautifully. would benefit from them when you start thinking this way. So whether you get rid of that word or keep it, soften the freaking resistance to it. Soften the resistance to making any possibility of you making any mistake, just like uh, something that you could get stuck on. Soften it up. You're allowed to make as many as you want. That's what life is about. As a matter of fact, beautiful things come out from it. So give yourself an opportunity to learn from them. The quicker that we move past that shame and guilt nonsense that we just kind of inherited, kept on going, the better it gets for us. We become more adaptive, resilient. We can use our mistakes for something great. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love, light, and accepting the responsibility instead of regret. This has been an episode of Drive Through.